We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hey there. We at Blue Wire just wanted to take a second to thank you for listening to this podcast. We know everything outside is pretty scary and uncertain, but we're committed to helping you get through your day by talking about the sports and teams that you love most. If you're looking for more great podcasts to distract you, check out BlueWirePods.com. Thanks for listening. Enjoy the podcast and stay safe. On today's episode of the Pride Podcast, we have Blue Wire's own Michael Robinson to come in and talk about the Detroit Lions and what he sees of the offseason on episode 91 of the Pride Podcast. Yo, what is going on, guys? Welcome back to the Pride Podcast, episode 91 on the Blue Wire Network. Today's podcast is going to be sponsored by Bet Online AG, and I am your host, Tyler, joined by Pierre and Malcolm. Ooh. And for today's episode, we got a very special guest joining us. Uh, my, best, my special guest, you want to go ahead and introduce yourself? Yeah, hey, uh, I'm Michael Rothstein. I cover the Lions for ESPN. I also cover some mma ufc and uh, i also host a podcast on the blue wire network which is why i chuckled when i heard the very familiar betonline.ag <laughs> ad at the top of the show i host the michael rothstein show right here on the blue wire network awesome nice. well you kind of just answered my first question i, I was going to ask who is michael rothstein <laughs> do you want to go ahead and expand on that or is that basically it i am a, i am a human being tyler i'm a human <laughs> being no um yeah, I mean, basically, so I've covered the Lions. This will be season eight uh, coming up here. It's actually the longest I've ever covered one team. Uh, I covered Michigan for four years. I covered Notre Dame for four years. I covered Virginia for a year. I covered James Madison women's basketball for a couple of years. I'm old and or older. Sometimes, I, my, sometimes depending on what my workout's been, I feel way older. <laughs> um, but yeah, I've been around the block, but I've been covering the Lions for for a while now. So you know, it's been uh, it's been interesting. But I, I'm I'm just happy to be here. Awesome. Nice. Well, we appreciate you being here. 
So uh, obviously with the whole virus going on, how have you been keeping yourself busy with all this quarantine and all that? Oh, man. Um, so I live by myself and my dad lives in New York and my brother and sister-in-law live in North Carolina and the rest and my like extended family is in New York and Massachusetts and Florida. So I'm like the furthest west of anybody. Right. But also I live alone. So I've been doing a lot of cleaning, um, a lot of playing some Madden and some 2K a lot oh, of video calls. I, I think this is actually, although it's not going to be recorded as a video call, uh, this is now, I think, the fourth or fifth different video chat platform I've used today for various calls, nice. which is insane. Um, but, you know, that's our, our current world. Uh, and, yeah, I read a lot of books. I just finished a book called Normal People yesterday. I started on Bad Blood, or I'm starting on Bad Blood tonight when we were after we're done recording. And I am currently on a quest to watch the entire Marvel movies and TV shows series in chronological order, which... Uh, came as an idea from Michael Eaves, who is a, a sports center anchor. And that was an undertaking I did not expect to be both really interesting and a great kind of like escape from everything, right? But yeah. also a lot of hours. <laughs> um, as, as I'm staring at my television right now in the middle of season one, episode three of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., which is like these, I tweeted this the other day, like how much I've already watched and consumed. And it's a lot, but it's entertaining. And honestly, in this time when obviously so much of the news is, is really horrible and uh, growing up just outside of New York City, you know, it, it's kind of unfathomable to to watch every day and to talk to my dad about some stuff. And my dad's 68, has a heart issue. So, you know, you always worry about that. Um, right. it, it's a nice three hour distraction every day, two hour distraction of like you just don't you don't think about that. Right. And obviously I'm working a lot, too. The NFL is still going on. The UFC is is going on. I've got some big, uh, bigger stories I've been working on on both of those areas that are going to uh, come out hope probably in the next few weeks that I luckily and thankfully a have a job still and be um, am able and have stories to work on. So I've been doing that too. So that's a lot. Uh, oh, I also bought a guitar uh, oh, awesome. very badly. Uh, I've had one <laughs> lesson and I kind of can maybe play the E chord. We're working on it. There you <laughs> go. There you Thanks, go. Man. Well, it's a blessing that you still have a job, man. I mean, that that's always a blessing. Oh, absolutely. Um, I'm, I'm yeah. grateful every day for that. Oh, real quick. You say you played video games. Um, What system? Is it Xbox or PS4? I, I am an Xbox person. God dang uh, it. I, <laughs> I play Madden. I play 2K. I play FIFA. I've never really gotten into like the role-playing or the shoot-em-up games. Like, never. Not even as a kid. Uh, yeah, me too. I think I played, I think I played GTA when I was like a kid. Um, or teenager, I think, was when it really first came out um but yeah no i play madden a good amount uh i actually got absolutely annihilated by my so one of my best friends uh if you if anyone listening out there is uh likes baseball jeff passon and i went to college together oh yeah graduated the same year jeff's one of my good friends i i love him like a brother his i think jack is 10 or 11 um i think 11 he he basically annihilated me in Madden. It was highly embarrassing because I'm, I think I'm pretty good and no joke. I mean, it was just, 
I was in it. I was competitive for a half, and then I had to start taking chances. I just couldn't stop them, and I was just like, "All right, uh, like I'm in a Madden league with uh, Daniel Dopp, who uh, is a fantasy producer at, and on the fantasy show at ESPN, and and some of our combined friends are are in that league too, and it's a pretty competitive league. Like we've got six, or I think there's between five and seven of us, depending on the on the year, and like, I mean, Jack beat me bad like it was it was humbling um and he taunted me too beforehand uh he actually sent me a he sent me a video through jeff basically saying he's gonna put 21 up on me in a quarter and i'm proud to say he did not put 21 up on me in a quarter but that was about the only solace i could take in a 48 20 drubbing at the end (laughs) well there you go i would have quit if you ever want to lose oh, the match, no, see, yeah. quick game, that's quick game. Why I stopped playing online. <laughs> no, that's why I stopped playing online because I would be beating people and they would just quit, and then half the time I wouldn't get credit for the win. And I'm like, what is this nonsense? What you is pull, this noise? Pull, it, no, pull the, um, turn off the Wi-Fi. You do all that stuff. Oh no, see, man, that's that's. that's <laughs> I was gonna say. I, this is a family podcast, maybe. Um, so I wasn't going to say what I wanted to say, but but man, no, like see, like people, like that's wrong. Like just take the L. Like just take the L. You can't quit real life. Just take the L. Like you know, someone you know, did that to 2K the other day, and I'm not good at 2K, like at all. But like someone did that, and I'm like, listen, I'm fine if I get beat by 40. Like okay, but like don't quit. Like come on. I have like, I have like the NFL. Quit, be nice about it and be like, listen, I'm going to admit, I'm going to concede. Like, don't just pull that quit nonsense. Come on. Yeah, I, I'm not going to lie, man. I have that NFL mindset. So, like, if I'm down by 21 and there's like a 40 seconds left and you're throwing Hail Mary to try to score again, no, nah, man, end game. Pull court out. <laughs> turn off Wi-Fi. Turn off everything. No, I get man, Malcolm, I get it. But at the same time, like, you put yourself in that situation. I did. Like, you know, not to go all Bill Parcells on you here, but, like, your record is what – record, you know, you're, you are what your record is. Even you if know, even, you know. even if certain Patriots assistants sometimes veer off from that this year, not that that mm. ever happened. But, um, you know, like, you are what your record says you are, so just take the L, man. Like, I'm, I'm perfectly comfortable in myself taking L's in video games. Like it's ha- if if taking an L in a video game is like the worst thing that happens to me in a day, I'll I'll, I'll be pretty happy because that's probably a pretty good day. Yeah, right. If you ever want to take an L, if you ever want to yeah. take an L, you could play me in that. And I mean, if you want to take an L. Oh, wow. All right. See, now, okay, I like this. Like, at yeah. some point, yeah, we've, got, got Xbox. we've got some more time yep. to shelter in place here, uh, which is obviously what it's called in Michigan. Every other states are calling it different things. So, yeah, we've got time, man. Find me. And at some point, we'll play. Uh, and, and we can maybe make it a little interesting, too. All right. Sounds good. I'm on this podcast for 10 minutes and I've probably already just got suckered into losing something in that. <laughs> <laughs> this is a great start. With currently no NBA, NHL, or MLB, you might think there's nothing to bet on. Well, you're wrong. Our exclusive partners still have hundreds of sports, events, and games to wager on. Or let them bring Vegas to you with their online casino and blackjack all open 24 hours a day all online including their $75,000 poker series if you're into props and entertainment betting you can still bet on survivor big brother american idol stock prices and even the weather 
visit their website and join today and receive a 100% welcome bonus on your first deposit when you use promo code BLUEWIRE. BetOnline, your online wager experts. Let's right. hop into some, some NFL questions, man. Just regarding the Lions, like with the NFL free agency like pretty much done, um, do you think this Lions team improved, got worse, or the same? How do you feel about the Lions right now? Oh, man. Uh, <laughs> so we got to talk about the Lions now? Uh, <laughs> yeah. No, um, <laughs> I don't know. I, I, I've been asked this on other shows before. Uh, I've, I've, you know, kind of written about it a little bit, too. And I I come to the like a the offseason is not over yet. Right. Like they can right. improve drastically throughout the draft. And I think that that can make a, a large difference, especially because you should be able to get a difference maker at three, five, six, wherever they end up picking. I don't love the moves they made in free agency. I don't think they got demonstratively better, but I don't think they got demonstratively worse. Like, I think they got better at linebacker. Means I think Jamie Collins is more versatile, and and we don't know what they're gonna do with Jared Davis yet exactly. So I'm curious to see what their plan is there. I think Reggie Ragland's a much better depth piece than they've ever had before. Probably going back to, I mean, I I, I know some people are are split on the days of like Brandon Copeland, but I think he's probably their best depth piece since Copeland, or probably even further back since Tyre was a depth piece. You know, back in like what what was that? Thirteen, twenty four, you know, fourteen. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Tyler Wingo. You know, Thirteen, four. Well, fourteen really because he got hurt. That that was when Tulloch blew out his knee. Yep. Was in fourteen, and Tyre took his place. So I mean, so Reggie Ragland, if he provided is what people think, and you know that that's a pretty good fourth linebacker that you can slide in. Corner, obviously, I I think they got worse, but you know, anytime right. you trade away a good player you're going to get worse even or even if I don't think Desmond Trufant's terrible I, I think he's an above average corner I'm curious to see what he has left but I, I don't think he's as good as Slay uh, defensive line I think it's a net equal um, because I think Danny Shelton's a player that's getting better where Snacks Harrison was at the point where he probably plateaued as a player just based off of age and what we saw in 2019 right um and offensively i mean i don't know i mean i think rick wagner and vitae are, are probably similar but vitae is younger um and the rest of the offense is basically the same except they have a giant hole at guard and we don't know how they're going to fill that so they got worse there uh at this point so i i want to say i think maybe they got a little better but the reason why i say that is in part because of the situation that everybody is in at the moment right which is we don't know if there are going to be off-season workouts and what those would look like. We don't know when anything is coming back, let alone football, which, you know, if you think about it, has more moving pieces and more people than any other sport. Right. So we don't know any of those things right now, right? So I, well, a lot of people are like, oh, they added another Patriot. They added another Patriot. I wrote about it in the power rankings. I don't know when this is going to air, but uh, we had the power rankings come out. I think it was today, maybe yesterday. And like you had to pick three words for each team. And mine was the Midwestern Patriots. And I know that there are people that are <laughs> going to hate that, including some people in Allen Park. But this year, in this situation, I thought it was actually, whether it was intended or not, it was a good strategy because now you've added a piece on every level of the defense that they know, A, what the defense is coming in. 
They know their role more than likely. They know what their role is going to be and they know how to play that role because they've already played it in the defense. And in two of the three cases being Deron Harmon and Jamie Collins, Matt Patricia is very familiar with them. So he knows how he wants to deploy them very similar to how he knew how he wanted to deploy Trey flowers. And I think that you saw that in the back half of the season once Trey got healthy. So I think from that perspective, I think they might've gotten a little bit better because just because of the situation that every team is in and from a strategic standpoint, again, whether that was purposeful or not, and Matt and Bob Quinn have not talked yet. So we can't ask that question, whether that was kind of part of the thought process. Um, because if you look at it, Harmon's only on a one year, you know, he's in the last year of his contract. Right. Jamie, Co- I mean, Jamie Collins's deal is three, but really two. And Shelton's on a two year deal. That's really, you know, I, I'm not, I'm blanking on what the terms were in front of, he's not having them in front of me, but you know, generally like you could get out from it pretty easy. So it's a 2020, it's really going all in in 2020, which we expected anyway. Mm-hmm. But I think they're doing it with guys that they're familiar with and that know the system. And that could really give them, I think, a bonus or a leg up when it comes to whenever this season ends up uh, getting started. Right. So with, with Jamie Collins, what do you think held them back from signing him last year? Because they had the opportunity to probably get him for dirt cheap in like May because he was not signed all the way through like free agency. He was on remain unsigned till, you know, after the draft. So just curious what your your thoughts why they didn't pull the trigger maybe last year maybe on a one-year deal was it his production in cleveland like what do you think it was i i honestly couldn't tell you i can't pretend to know but i think if you also look at the situation that they were in at linebacker last year go going in not obviously how it played out right but yeah. like what they had going in like devon Kennard had come off of a good season mm-hmm. and was their edge guy and and they yep. felt pretty good about that they had just signed Trey Flowers and Jared Davis. I mean, they they love Jared Davis as a person. But back that, a year ago, they also really felt like they had a lot maybe in Jared Davis as a player more than I think what we saw last year. So all of a sudden and they had Christian Jones and all three of those guys who were, you know, two of the three are still here. But all three of those guys were under contract. So where are you playing Jamie, Jamie. Collins at that point when you bring him in? So. If I, I we don't know exactly whether they maybe made an offer at Jamie for Jamie Collins, but Jamie Collins might have seen more of an opportunity in New England than than was there in Detroit because you, they weren't going to pull Kennard or Davis off the field last year yeah. for Collins. I mean, he, just because of the importance of Kennard and Davis last year. Remember, too, Matt Patricia had a really bad, really rough 2018 by every metric, right? Like we, we all, every that's established. Like I mean, Matt Patricia believed yeah. that like he, you know, he needed to be better, and he said it at the end of of 2018. If you get rid of Devon Kennard, then that's a really bad sign because again, you just signed him a year earlier, and he became a captain immediately. He was one of your few buy-in people then. Yeah. So if that's the role that you envisioned him in, like Jamie Collins in. I just can't see how you make that move at that point. I think that you, you know, you kind of, at some point you need to roll with the players you got. And and at that point, you know, who knows? Jamie Collins didn't have a great year before that either. So you don't know where you maybe felt about Jamie Collins and what does he have, you know? 
yeah. at that point too. So I think there were a lot of questions then that, and a lot of other moving pieces that made it probably much harder for them to bring him in last year versus this year. So with free agency still going on, like the phase two or phase three, any guys that you see Detroit going after right now? I don't know. I mean, it's tough to say, right? Because I think it's all about price points at this point. You know, like a guy like um, as of Monday night at nine o'clock, um, Logan Ryan's still a free agent. Like, well, right. Logan Ryan fits the defense, but uh, are the Lions going to pay Logan Ryan's asking price right now? I would imagine no, because otherwise there's a decent chance Logan Ryan would be on the Lions. Does his price come down? Like, maybe. Like, Mike Daniels still out there. Like, they need a defensive tackle still. Yep. You know, like there are right. other defensive tackles still out there. They need a corner. They need a guard. Um, they they you could use a veteran running back potentially, although I wouldn't go the veteran running back route at this point because you can get one. You can get a veteran running back after the draft if you don't take a running back or you don't have one that you like. Right. Um, yeah. But again, that's also where it gets a little dicey because you there's rookie minicamp is maybe not going to exist this year. And that's going to hurt a lot of guys on the back end of including guys. I mean, because think of the undrafted guys just in around the league, but on the lions in the last few years that have had some impact, you know, I mean, even going back to the time I've covered the team, Joseph Fourier, sure. He didn't last all that long, but that rookie year, he was massive for the lions. You know, he had what seven touchdowns as a rookie. Zach Denner, yeah, yep. Zach Denner was a stalwart for a while and a guy that honestly I thought they would potentially bring back this year or could have brought. I was surprised they cut him last year when they did because he's a very he was a very valuable special teams person. So, you know, and those are just two guys when you but when you look at it like throughout the league, I mean, there are undrafted guys every year that that make rosters and that end up playing really well and. I think for some of those guys, rookie minicamp is is very valuable to start proving their worth. And I don't I don't really know who they're going to necessarily like target yet. I, I think that they're adding a lot of depth pieces now. So it wouldn't shock me if they added another starter level or depth piece level. I forget exactly when they were signed Rashawn Melvin last year. I think it was around this time. Yeah, uh, it was. Uh, yeah. I, I remember I was in Florida, so it so was like, well, so was I actually. I was yeah. in. So I was reporting a an MMA story on Colby Covington, and I was in. I had was working on another story that ended up not panning out, and I was like going to dinner by myself during I think the Sweet Sixteen. So it was, yeah, it was right around this time when they signed Rashawn Melvin. He ended up being the starter, you know? I mean, over and over, like, as teams around the NFL do in that second wave. So I th- I think that they could end up signing somebody in the second wave that ends up competing with Amani Awarie and provided the Lions take Jeffrey Okuda for that that second corner spot, right? Like, I mean, yeah. I, I think right. with the money they're paying Trufant, Trufant's in one, on one outside corner, and then Coleman's in the slot. You know, and realistically, probably the emergency outside option if you real if everything else kind of falls apart based off of what like you're paying four. them. And, you know, I, yeah, so I think corner still corner defensive tackle guard. Those would be the three spots I would look at. And as far as names go, I mean, I think it can go kind of anywhere. Listen, no one no one thought a year ago they were going to sign Rashawn Melvin. Yeah. Or even like C.J. Anderson, like they signed him on in April. Right. Yeah. I mean, that didn't really work out so well. Yeah. We're talking about running back, right? Like that's yeah. why the Lions have gone twice to that. Well, because like Blunt was fine for like a little while, but then like by mid season, like 
he had nothing. Well, man, he, there was nothing there, you know. So why go to that veteran well again when you know at this point you can't count on carry on for 16 games? Like, I, I think probably the only person in the world that truly, if in their heart of hearts, believes that carry on Johnson can play 16 games in a season is probably carry on Johnson at this point. Maybe, and right. maybe other people on the lines and that's not a knock on carry on. I think carry on's a really interesting guy. And I think he's a really good running back when he's healthy. But at, at some point until after that first or second year, if you haven't played 14 or more games to me, you have to prove it. And right. he has to, so to me, he has to prove it. if he plays 14, 15 games this year, that's great for the lions because that means that he's probably putting up 1100, 1200 yards and being really, really effective, or they found a really good balance in a committee to limit his touches, but they're still getting production out of the running game. Facts. What would you think if Detroit kind of did like a three running back system, kind of like San Francisco did last year where they had Burita, they had uh, Raheem Moster, Tevin Coleman, maybe something like that with Scarborough, KJ, and you know, a veteran I mean, or a rookie. That's what they would be trending toward. Um, I, because by the way, not to go back to what we were talking about before with the all too familiar thing, but what other team in the NFL does that all the time? That's a pain for fantasy owners. New New England. (laughs) Yeah. We're, you know, but, but in all seriousness, I mean, I think that that's something that they, I feel like you even saw that a little bit at the end of last season, right? Because look at how they handled when they had Scarborough and carry on for, the last couple of weeks of the year, look how they ran them. Like, Mm -hmm. so I think that you can see that and you could even see a third running back fit into, and you really saw that even a little bit with Ty Johnson kind of toward the end there. Right. Like, so of who they could be their third back. Now I, I would want to add another running back to that stable just to have it even as insurance. I still think Ty Johnson can be really good. Um, I've been really high on him though since they drafted him because I think he offers a really interesting side spe- size speed component. Uh, and he showed he can catch passes out of the backfield, which is the main, one of the main questions for him. So I think that they have the pieces for it. It's just a matter of whether or not they go there. But I think that, I think they will, because even if you look at Seattle in the post Marshawn Lynch era, now granted Bevel wasn't always there during the post Marshawn Lynch era, but what did they do in Seattle? It was yeah, committee. Chris Carson, CJ Procise, uh Penny. Penny. Yeah, Penny, last was year. Penny, Penny well, was there was, right? Yeah, he was yeah, in the KJ. Penny was there. So no, Penny wasn't there when, when Bevel was there because Bevel was gone in 2017. Yeah. But but they but they still had the similar type of thing. And I think you see a lot of teams going to that anyway, so it's not that shocking. But I think it would work well. Plus, if you look at Kyle Kasky's history yeah. in Cincinnati. When they had Jeremy Hill, Gio Bernard, and um, and Rex Jarvis Burkett. Green, Alice, uh, Burkett, yeah, they've had names yeah. out there. So they've had that before, and even with Mixon, well, you know, when Ka- when Kasky was there, they they had that a little bit too. So I think that the, there's history there on every level of the Lions structure that would lead you to believe that they they would want to go with some sort of committee approach. And listen, they by the way they like J D McKissick. They would have liked to have brought him back, but they weren't going to they weren't going to tender him at that. And then at that point, you know, look, he's going to fill that Chris Thompson role in in Washington. And frankly, that's a better, better place with more opportunity than he was going to get in Detroit. I got you. All right. To expand on the right guard, 
with the team right now, you know, we you, we've mentioned it. It's such a question mark right now. Do you think it's potentially a guy that could be starting from on the roster right now to start in right guard, kind of like what they did with Joe Dahl? Does it come from the draft or does it come from the remaining free agents? I personally think that the starting right guard for the Detroit Lions or left guard, depending what they do with Joe Dahl, Dahl. right? Yeah. So mm-hmm. starting guard X, like yeah. um, I think that person is not yet on the roster, whether that's oh. a later veteran, whether that's a draft pick, whether that is even, frankly, Kenny Wiggins. And you're waiting on Kenny oh, Wiggins no. to get healthy and and Don't see what he has. You know, no, because you want you want to make sure he's healthy before you sign him. Like, and right. I mean, I talked to Kenny. He was on my show last, uh, I guess technically still earlier this month. He was on my show earlier this month, and like it's coming along. But you know, they clearly like Kenny Wiggins enough to like pull off that weird, nonsensical, still inexplicable to me rotation that they ran last year. Like, they liked him enough to use that, so one would think if the price point was right, you'd bring him back and just throw him in that competition with the four other guys that you've got. But they've got, I mean, they I think they have a lot of nice depth at guard right now, and on the interior of the offensive line, I just don't think any of those guys is like the, a, oh man, you have to feel really good about him as a starter. I mean, if Joshua Garnett can stay healthy and put it together, he could be a steal for you. I mean, the guy was a first-round pick for a reason. And, and really, the only reason that Lincoln Tomlinson got dealt there was because Garnett got hurt. So, you know, Russell Bodine started a bunch of games in this league, granted at center, but still, he was a starter in Cincinnati for a while. And I think he started in Buffalo, too. Um, but, like, so they have guys with starting experience in the roster. O'Day, who they re-signed, has starting experience. So they have guys with starting experience, and you need to uh, – every – team good team or decent team has your average to above average starters that play above their level so i think that they hope hope one of those guys can really push or bo Benchwall takes a big step right so i think that spring practice is where it, the lack of it as of now at least is where it's going to be really interesting because I think the, the Lions could have even without pads started to sort that out um and build chemistry with Ragnow and with big v and they're not gonna they as of now who knows if they'll have that opportunity at all and that that makes it really tricky and i mean i think it's why like we were talking about kenny wiggins it's why if this goes on you know for a while and maybe that's why you bring back kenny why you bring kenny wiggins back because you know what you have in him you know what he can do and what he can't uh no i don't think the guards on the roster right now so outside of jeff Akula, because i know He's the biggest thing that's been connected to the Detroit Lions is Jeff Okuda. Um, is there any other player that's connected to Detroit in the as far as any prospects? You mean you're not you're not on the giant Tua train that that certain certain people are uh, are are championing? <laughs> Absolutely not. Absolutely not. <laughs> the thing I get it. I think Tua is going to be a heck of a player now, right? Yeah, yeah. Same, same but, here. Same here. And, and I think if the situation were different in Detroit. Um, be it if this were Matt Patricia and Bob Quinn's first or second year, or if they say we're 10 and six last year or nine and seven last year, um, I could easily see that pick making sense a whole lot of sense, actually, but not in the situation they're in. Uh, yeah, Okuda to me is, is the guy, um, at three or at five or six, as long as he's there. I personally, 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 no like inside information, right? This is just my own personal opinion. 
I think Isaiah Simmons is fantastic. Uh, I would, I think there's a chance he could be the best defensive player to come out of this draft. Uh, and that includes Chase Young, just because I think he offers so much versatility. If he's in the right system, by that I mean like just having a defensive coach that knows how to use him. Because if you don't, I, I think I could, you know, his some of his talent would be wasted. Right. Um. But yeah, I mean, I think it's Okuda, man. Like, I, obviously, unless Chase Young is sitting there at three. Um, right. You know, I, I think I, I'm of the belief that if Chase Young is there at three, you have to, like, you'd be crazy not to take Chase Young. To me, Definitely Chase agree. Young is, to me, Chase Young is a generational player. Jeffrey Okuda is a guy who could be an all pro player. In other words, you can't go wrong. <laughs> yeah. Uh, certainly, I think. Yeah. Like, yeah. but. I mean, also, if you look at the construct of the NFL right now, what's more important, edge rusher or corner? I mean, it's a big debate. It's a, it's an age-old debate. Think edge rusher, but, but I, would I think it's edge, edge rusher over the corner. Uh, uh, let, me, let me ask you a question. Let me ask you a question because this is kind of big on social media. Um, a lot of people think even if Washington trades that pick and Chase Young is there for Detroit to pick, some people feel like we still would take Jeffrey Okuda. It's entirely – it wouldn't shock me. I mean, I wouldn't sit there and be like, oh, my God, I can't believe they did that. Like, I would be. <laughs> well, no, no, I, I, listen, again, I have, I have long said you can go – you can listen to my show. You can read what I've written. You can listen to me on other shows, right? And I have said since the jump, if Chase Young is there – now, granted, there's no podium to really run to you know, this year because we don't know how this is yeah. going to work. But, yeah. like, like, it should take, like – 4.3 seconds to write that card out if yeah, Chase Young is there, in my opinion. Yeah, me too. But I can understand points. where the logic would be for the Lions if they chose to go with Jeffrey Okuda over Chase Young. I can understand the logic. I'm not saying I would do it. I'm not saying I agree with it. But I can understand if Bob Quinn then came out and said, this is why we did this. I it, it would not. I can see reasonings. I can see paths to making that decision and and frankly i think it starts with how they would have viewed using him which is if you're viewing him as mostly a a kind of a down in the in the dirt hand you know with your hand in the dirt end right well you paid 90 million dollars to a guy last year you know who your hope is going to be on the field for 60 70 percent of the snaps if you view him as a stand-up guy and chase young can do that um based off of my understanding from talking to some people then then you know you can play him in either spot so i can understand the reasoning why i'm not saying i would agree with it but i if if you now if they went and took like Derek brown i would be like (laughs) okay really like this is like i mean yeah you need Derek brown you can use an interior lineman but like I mean, really, did did you not learn from your pri- from your predecessor's mistake? Yeah. Because, I mean, let's be honest, like one of the big reasons that Martin Mayhew and Jim Caldwell are not here anymore is because not to go all, you know, all back in the history books here and, you know, anger probably half of your listeners. But, you know, the old Eric Ebron question. Right. Like Eric Ebron was not a terrible player. He just was picked in the wrong spot. Yeah, and. And, you know, and you look at who was picked after and, you know, a guy like a Derek Brown or a guy like maybe, you know, if they took one of the receivers as good as Jerry Judy and C.D. Lamar, you know, or one of the tackles even like you went there versus obvious spots of need. 
I think that it would be viewed very similar and they have put a lot of pressure on that player right away. I think if they went Okuda over Chase Young, that would put a lot of pressure on Jeffrey Okuda right away, probably unfairly so at a position that to me, other than quarterback and tight end is the hardest position to transition to in the NFL. Because you've seen it over and over and over again, rookie corners right, right. struggling. Like, yeah. I mean, even Darius Slay, remember, he was benched as a rookie. I no, called him a bust. Schefter <laughs> called him a bust, I remember. When he first started, Schefter called him a bust. Well, I mean, oh, I, I, I don't remember what I wrote about Darius in 2013. I, I, I probably, that was also my first year covering the NFL. So I, I imagine I probably wrote some things that I didn't quite understand exactly what, what I was doing covering the league yet at that point. But yeah, I mean, like that's the thing. But look around. I mean, very rarely do you find the corner that slides right in as a rookie and is really good, right? Well, you could probably count him in the last few years on less than a hand, right? Like 100%. what? Lattimore, like Jalen Ra- Ramsey, and Lattimore. Yeah, that would be uh, Denzel Ward. Yeah. All right, yeah, Denzel Ward. Yeah, but but fine, you know, fine. I'll give you Denzel Ward. Fine. So there's three. That and maybe Marcus Peters. Like there's four. That's the list. Right. Yeah, like Stephon right. Gilmore, it took a couple of years and he's the best corner in the NFL right now. Right. So, you know, I, I look at that and I say, you got to know if if you pass on Chase Young for Jeffrey Okuda, that there is going to be a lot more pressure on that on Jeffrey Okuda to produce right away. And that can be very unfair to Jeffrey Okuda. But I think whoever they take, if they take Okuda at five, it's going to be a similar situation for him. And I, I think that. You know, that that's where it gets a little that'll be my only antenna thing with Jeffrey Okuda because I think he's a phenomenal player. I think he's gonna be a phenomenal player. I agree. Yeah, yeah, I, I agree too, man. That's gonna be tough though, man. Um pass and chase. Yeah. So let's say like they get some calls. Let's say Washington takes Chase Young and Detroit gets some calls. Do you think they should keep it? Because they could risk it risk losing Okuda to the Giants as possible. Do you think they should keep that pick or do you think they should trade that pick? I mean, I think it depends what you're getting back, right? Like, right. um, and okay, so, so let's just play this scenario out, right? Like, let's say, okay, they trade with Miami at th- five and get, say, 26, right. um, and maybe something else too. Like, you do that, and then Miami obviously takes Tua, and let's just say, for argument's sake, the Giants take Okuda at four. I, I don't necessarily think they would, but let's, for for argument's sake, let's say they do. Right. You get Isaiah Simmons. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, that makes sense. Or, or at that point, you get Derek Brown at five. And Derek Brown at five is a lot more palatable. Or Javon Kinlaw, really. Either oh, one. Yeah. You know, at five. Either one of those, I think, is a lot more palatable than, that, than taking at five than at three. So uh, you don't come away with a bad player. And, and same thing with six, if they trade with the Chargers. Like, right. You know, because I would think at that point, Miami would maybe consider taking Herbert. Like, I don't think Miami would take Okuda because of the money they've thrown to Xavier, the money they've paid Byron Jones and Xavier Howard. Like, I just can't see them them doing that, Uh, you know, unless you're going to play Byron Jones at safety, uh, which is possible. But, uh, you know, so you figure they're going to take quarterback or, or maybe something else there. So then at six, you might still be able to get Okuda. Um, I, yeah. you know, I don't think you can go past six and get Okuda, um, or Simmons, frankly. I, I think six is probably the bar- the the barometer for both of them. Maybe seven, but you're probably not. Carolina's not going to trade up with you now. To me, if you trade back, the bigger concern would be if a team then tried to leapfrog you to get Okuda. 
So not the Giants, but another team. Um, See, you don't view this draft as a CUDA or bust, though. Do I think it's a CUDA or bust? I mean, I think that I think he's the most logical player for them at this point. Um, I again, I I think I if it were me making this draft pick and I had the choice between Okuda and Isaiah Simmons, I would potentially take Isaiah Simmons. But again, that's just me, and I'm not thinking in Lions scheme or anything like that. I'm just thinking of, damn, these players are really good. But I think for what the Lions are trying to do, Okuda makes a ton of sense. Like, I, And like I said, that's why I even think, like we were talking about before, I can see a path where you can take Okuda over Chase Young. Again, yeah, not saying I do it, that. but I can see a path. Gotcha. Yeah, yeah, I agree with you. I mean, I, I see it. I see him doing it. I just hope it that doesn't happen. I mean, I, I still I can't see it happening, but I cannot. You know, it, it would be a lot of interesting writing and a lot it, of it would, it for, would. for to talk about on my on my show on y'all's show. Like you know, there'd be a lot of, that that night would be a lot of uh, a lot emergency of, pods. A lot of fun. <laughs> <going along. laughs> Right. I'm guessing our shows would take a lot different tone probably that night. Hundred <laughs> <laughs> percent. Um, okay, so let's say the lines do not select Jeff Okuda. Let's say they get Chase Young, and oh. so so we get Chase Young. He's on the Detroit Lions. He's your Jack linebacker. He's your hands down defensive end. Whatever he is. What do the Lions do with cornerback two spot at that point? Do they play Amani or Awarie? Do they? you know, draft somebody and try to plug them in as a rookie, like from round two, which is, you know, is very risky, obviously. Or, you know, do you try to get a veteran like a Rashawn Melvin type deal last year? I mean, I think at that point, you you kind of see what happens. Um, you know, I, I think you give a warrior. I think a warrior has every shot to win this job. And yeah. I, I think that that's really unless Okuda's there. Like, and even when even if Okuda is there, I still think Omani Awarie has a shot to win that job. Like at least, at least early on, right? Like, and then, right? Like, yeah, because I ideally you want Okuda to kind of work in, you know, and, and kind of see what you've got, and, and you don't want to throw him in right away. Again, it depends on the schedule too, because if all of a sudden they're playing, say, we don't know their schedule, right? But like, say, let's just for argument's sake, say they're playing Chicago and Tennessee to open the season. Let's just mm-hmm. say that, or Jacksonville and Tennessee, whatever it is. Well. You you might feel more comfortable playing um, Okuda over Owarie in that situation because they're not as high powered passing attacks versus like say you're opening with Houston and Arizona. Well, uh oh, like you you yeah. might want to go with Owarie at that point even if Okuda maybe is is your long term plan there. And I think if they drafted Okuda, the long term plan would probably be Okuda and Owarie on the outside. Yeah. Um, you know, unless they have designs of maybe bumping uh, a warrior inside at some point, uh, if they, you know, if Justin Coleman doesn't play well. So there's a lot of things that can go there. All that said, to answer your question, um, yeah, I think it, I think they would give a warrior the shot first. Um, I think they would absolutely draft a corner at some point. Yeah. Um, maybe in the second round at that point, because then all of a sudden you don't necessarily need, say, um, a Josh Uche. In yeah, nah. round two, right? Yeah, Which, you wouldn't need him anymore. Right, exactly. But I mean, I think if they do take say Okuda, I think Josh Uche could. Oh be yeah, really yeah, yeah, smart yeah, round two pick for them. Oh, hundred percent. Yeah. So, uh, or even late round one, if you know, if you're sitting there, so you, it changes the dynamic a little bit of maybe what you're drafting. But there are always going to be cornerbacks out there on the market, 
is actually a Lions example from 2013. Rasheen Mathis was on the street in train, when training camp started. Yeah, I remember. Rasheen Mathis ended up being a really valuable corner for the Lions for yeah, two and a half yeah. years. Yeah. Like, and how old was Sheen then? Sheen was, what, 30 at that yeah, point? Yeah, he hit at the end of his career. Yeah, 30, 31. So that would be your Prince of Mukamara level. That would be your Akeem Tlaib level where you say, okay, like – you can find that that you can find players after the draft just because a guy didn't sign on the first or second day of free agency and get overpaid, which is what a lot of those signings are, doesn't mean that you're not going to find good players. Remember that so many teams that win win free agency, I'm doing air quotes, like win free agency <laughs> don't win in the season. And teams oh, that know. often just chill out during free agency, like the Packers didn't sign someone for like four years, you know, I mean back in the old days. When Ted Thompson was running the show, like you, teams that maybe play free agency much more strategically, often are your better teams in the NFL. Because if you're overpaying and signing big guys to big contracts, it's because you have big holes to fill. Right. I mean, and we saw that last year, <coughs> last year with the Lions. They had big holes to fill and yeah. they did some better than others. And obviously, you know, Patricia called the keep to leave elite, too, when he was telling Darius Slay. Yes, he has that opinion of of a keep to Alright, so also uh, wait a minute. If I remember this correctly, I'm going to look this up on my phone really quick because it, it ties back into the top of our conversation. If I'm if I'm right, a keep to Guess who he played for in 2012 and 2013? Yeah, New England. Corey Adley. The Patriots. The New England Patriots. Yeah. Oh. I didn't yeah, know so, Corey Adley. So Denver. it would fit. <laughs> yeah. Could be. Yeah. I mean, depending where his legs are now. I mean. Right. Exactly. I'm just saying, like, the point being, like, if you end up signing him in, like, an Anquan Bolden. Like, Anquan Bolden is another example. Now, that was a little different because Anquan Bolden knew that Anquan Bolden wasn't signing until the start of training camp. But there's another example. Anquan was very productive for the Lions last year in the NFL. Yeah, right. Yeah, he was, yeah. Yeah, 2016. Do you believe in, like, Matt, Patricia, and Bachman? Do you like the direction they're going in? Like, do you believe in their philosophy, their direction? I thought that was going to be a completely different question. <laughs> you know, I got at first it broke up a little bit. It was like, do you believe? And I was like, were you asking me if I believe in miracles or like the tooth fairy or something? That would have been cool. Um, man. Say what's on uh, your heart, man. Just, just say what's on your heart. Yeah, just, just say, say what's, say what's, what's on, on your mind. mind. We, I, know, I, I know. Um, <laughs> I think they have a definitive plan. <laughs> and I think I think they really believe in their plan. I am very curious to see how this unfolds this year because I think they have the pieces they need on offense to be really good. And I think if they able are able to cobble together what they need on defense, which is the uh, by the way, exact opposite of the conversation we were having last year, right? Oh, yeah. Like yeah. where right. you're like, well, let's see how they do on offense with that defense should be really good. Like but I think their offense should be really good mm-hmm. as long as Matthew Stafford's healthy. I think if they, if their pieces they brought in on defense are able to play at the level that that they played at last year, I think that they've got a shot to be okay. I think their schedule is hard. I think their schedule has gotten harder because of free agency. Because 
a month ago, Arizona did not have DeAndre Hopkins and possibly C.D. Lamb. And I don't know how you cover that if you're a defense between. (laughs) No, think about it. Like their five receivers could be DeAndre Hopkins, C.D. Lamb or Jerry Judy if they choose to go receiver out. Larry Fitzgerald, Christian Kirk and Andy Isabella is chilling at their number five. And that's Hakeem Butler, too. He makes the team. Yeah, they have Hakeem Butler, too. And Hakeem Butler, right. So, I mean, maybe they they would probably keep six because of the offense, right? But, like, so potentially. But, like, that team's gotten better. Tampa Bay got scary good because now you've got a quarterback who's not going to throw 30 interceptions in a year (laughs) throwing to Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, and O.J. Howard. Okay. Well, that's (laughs) a problem. Indianapolis theoretically might now Philip Rivers didn't look great last year, right? Like, but yeah, he's gonna have good options, right. like yeah, good you know? offensive line and, and that defense line. is pretty good. So, so that team has gotten better. Tennessee theoretically can be good, you know, and and then the division. I mean, the division's still hard. Like Minnesota's defense is still good, even though I'll be curious to see what Minnesota looks like without Everson Griffin, even though they still have Daniel Hunter and no DBs. Uh-huh. I mean, they yeah, lost like almost essentially every stuff. defensive back. <laughs> oh, oh just yeah, gone. But, Wayne, just I, gone. but the thing is, Xavier Rhodes was not Xavier Rhodes. Oh, he was awful. Yeah, yeah. yeah. The Xavier were open. Rhodes was no longer like – so if you've been to U.S. Bank Stadium, they always have like the Rhodes closed sign. Like that was like their open. thing, right? Like the Rhodes were not closed last year. <laughs> that, <laughs> that's, like, that's Pierre's line. At high um, <laughs> that, that's Pierre's line. <laughs> so, you know, I, I mean, but – they they still have talent on that defense and and listen Zimmer's defense is no matter what beat the crap out of Matthew Stafford yeah. every like it doesn't matter if guys are hurt Chicago's defense should be a lot better and their offense should be more formidable like this is a tough schedule for the Lions it just is and mm-hmm. I think like yeah Houston lost DeAndre Hopkins but they still have now. Will Fuller being healthy is like a 50-50 proposition, right? But they right. still have Will Fuller. They still have Kenny Stills. And they if David Johnson can figure out old David Johnson, that offense is going to be scary good. And their defense yeah. still isn't bad. So, like, it's a, it's a really daunting schedule. Like, I don't see anyone on there that I'm just like, you know what? That's, that's an obvious win. Like, that's a clear win. For the Lions, because the last place teams, I mean, maybe Washington, you know, but mm-hmm. and I'm not saying that in like a negative way. Like someone asked me a show I did recently. Well, what do you think their record's going to be? I'm like, I don't freaking know, man. Yeah, you, 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 we don't know the schedule. Like so much of that's dependent on their schedule. Right. Like mm-hmm. because you have you face Minnesota on a short week like they did last year. Well, that's going to be an L more than likely just because. <laughs> no. And, and that's not. Because of Minnesota, that's not because of the Lions in any way, but just that's a tough game to play on a short week when you're beat up already because they are physical. So it is. It so is. And, you know, I mean, look, when they beat New England in 2018, like that set up perfectly for them to beat the Patriots. So I, I think that I can still see a path for their vision to succeed. And going back to the question before I went off on some random tangent, right? Like I can still see a path for their vision to succeed. And I I think they've put themselves in their best position so far to accomplish that. 
But if you asked me to say whether or not I thought they're definitely going to be back, like who I think the coach is going to be in 2021 right now, I, I, I can't say I feel great about picking the guys that are currently here, but that's, uh, I still, I still think they can be successful. Okay. Well, that's a okay. good follow up to my next question. And this is our last question I have for you. Um, so what is good enough for Patricia and Quinn to keep their job until 21 is, and me and Pierre and Malcolm had a huge debate in our uh, episode before. I think eight and eight is good enough for them, for them personally to keep Absolutely. their jobs. So I think it depends what eight and eight. Okay. So we'll use that as a parameter, right? Like, yeah. So what? All right. Before we get into, what did y'all? Not to rehash this debate for your listeners, but just so I know, what did y'all think? So I said absolutely not. I said, I said no. I said if it's a situation like 2017 where they're in it all 16 weeks and then week 17, you know, they go nine and seven, finish off the year in a meaningless game. If it's something like that, I think they keep their job. I would agree with you, Tyler. I, I really would. I mean, so I, I, I think it's like this: eight and eight. If they were, say, eight and six and Stafford gets hurt and they lose their last eight and six, they're leading the division or they're a game out. Stafford gets hurt um, like or let's say like not even like hurt in that week 16 week 15 game at that point. Let's say he gets hurt in like the first quarter of the week 16 game. So you're all of a sudden running Chase Daniel out there without like a week of prep. Mm-hmm. And you drop your last two and you're eight and eight, but like uh, you can make the case. I think that they yeah. could stay. Uh, yeah. If they're six and eight and win their last two and are meaningless, then no. A couple things to consider. One, if they expand the playoffs for this coming season, <clears throat> then meaningful football in December takes on a whole new meaning. Right. And two, I was in that meeting with. Martha Ford and Sheila Ford Hamp and Rod Wood. And it was always meaningful football in December. And some people took that to play. I mean, playoffs are bust. Some people took that to mean winning record. Some people took that to mean whatever they took it to mean. I took it to mean if they are competitive in December, because if they're 10 and six and they don't make the playoffs, that's tough to get rid of them. That's a seven game improvement. Right. Right. But if they say this division implodes on each other, right? Like, let's say just for argument's sake, Aaron Rodgers, Nick Foles, and Kirk Cousins all get hurt, which we've seen before. Like, not those guys, but we've seen that situation happen a few years ago. And eight and eight wins the division or seven and nine wins a really bad division. And then you have your first ever home, your first home game. I almost said first ever your first home game in forever. They won the division, 93. Yeah, yeah. 93, 93. Um, but then say, let's just say Seattle is the wild card team. They come in here and they just beat them 35-7. Like, you're, I don't think that that is good enough to keep them because you won a bad division and you got your doors blown off. I agree. So yeah. I think it, I can see a situation where they don't make the playoffs with a good record and stay and a situation where they make the playoffs with like a 7-9, and 8-8 record and – they gone, okay. you know, like I, I, you, I can just see that argument on multiple levels. And I think that it's they left it malleable. Listen, the Fords and Rod Wood are very smart people. They've done very well in a lot of other areas of business and in their lives. Like they're not they they painted that that way for a reason, because it gives them like 
you know, I don't know if y'all are poker players, but it gives them a multitude of outs staring at whenever the flop right now, because right now it's, you know, pre-flop like they they have all of the outs in the they are holding they are holding the better cards and they have all the outs. But Matt, Patricia and Bob Quinn have all of the outs in the world to get them out of a situation. Yeah, hey, guys, thank you so much yeah. for having me. This is a blast, man. Let's do this yeah. again. Definitely. All right, guys, I hope you guys all enjoyed episode 91 of the Pride podcast with our special guest, Michael Rothstein. Mike, I appreciate you joining us again, you know, during the whole virus stuff going on, you know. And don't forget, listen to my show, The Michael Rothstein Show. <laughs> I was just going to ask you, do you want to plug into your Twitter, IG? Yeah, so I'm on Twitter and Instagram at Mike Rothstein. I'm on Facebook at Michael Rothstein Journalist. Make sure more than anything, come listen to my show. It's called The Michael Rothstein Show. It's uh, it's different than than the show that these fine gentlemen do. We have uh, much different styles, and, and I think our style of show is very different. So hopefully my show is very interview-based. So hopefully you can come over there and uh, – and catch some interviews we've done with some players, former players, current players, uh, and actually the show that ran most recently, maybe a future player in Donovan Peoples Jones. So, um, you know, come come and check it out. And uh, most importantly, thank you to these guys for uh, for indulging my nonsense for an hour, an hour and a half. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, thanks for no man, we appreciate it. Yeah, we appreciate it, man. Thank you so much. Oh, hey, no problem, guys. Thank you guys for having me. Yeah. All right, Lions fans, that's all. Peace out, guys. All right, guys. Peace.